Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Hey there, and welcome back. This is episode four of the Allergic to Small Talk podcast. Were you ever a part of a sports team as a kid or in a band? I dipped my toes in both. You could often catch me running to basketball practice with my saxophone case in tow or showing up to basketball practice in my cheer skirt. Don't be judgy. I was trying to figure out my interests as a kiddo. Oh, and cheerleading is a sport. Don't hate on it. The common thread between all of my interests was that of a team. I didn't love all of my teammates, but I respected them and their individual talents that they brought to the table. While I didn't ever make it to the WNBA or even get a college scholarship for my talents, I did learn a lot about the structure of teams, meaning teamwork helps people develop specialized skills so that the best person for each task can do it better and faster. I was never the leading scorer on a team, but I had the endurance that would last forever. I could defend anyone. I left the scoring to the all-star player, and they left the defending to me. Win-win. But how does a team work in a networking situation? Isn't networking a solo-type sport like marathon running or BMX riding? To help me answer these questions, I've invited my good friend on the show. Her name is Lorna Watkinson. Lorna is a master team builder, ex-Proctor and Gamble gal, and she can make your wildest pottery dreams come true. Her company is called Vibrant Thinking, and her mission is to empower teams to transform the workplace. She is going to help us bust through three myths about networking as a team. Myth number one. Networking is for the individual. Myth number two, networking is only relevant to sales teams. Myth number three, all of the team must network equally for it to be fair. She's going to walk us through each myth to identify how networking can be used as a team sport so that you can use them to connect on a deeper level with each of your team members or your teammates. As we go through each myth, Think about how this can be applied to your situation. Maybe you manage a team and have asked them to network, but they aren't exactly clear on what to do, and little results have been seen. Or maybe you are on a team and have been asked to network and feel this task is a little ambiguous because there's a lack of direction. All right, let's get into it. 
So Lorna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm super, super excited to have you here. And before we jump in, I really like to have my listeners understand where my interviewees come from and what they've been up to and how they've gotten to where they've gotten to. So when people say, tell me a little bit about yourself, what do you say? I'm Lorna Watkinson. And I live in the northeast of of the UK, which I absolutely love, despite the cold weather, because of the beaches, which are just fabulous. And I have lived here for the past 25 years, with the exception of a year in Geneva, where I worked when my daughter was first born. So she spent the first year of her life out there. Doesn't remember much. Didn't enjoy sledging. (laughs) Excellent. And I used to work at Procter & Gamble. How long were you at Procter & Gamble? So I was at Procter & Gamble for 17 years. So I started my career there when I was, I don't know, just out of university, early 20s. I absolutely loved my time there. And indeed, that allowed me to travel to Geneva, which is a fantastic place to live. But having had Francesca and her growing up, I was finding that I was away far too much. I was away two or three days a week and then too exhausted at weekends to really spend any time with her. So I decided to start my own business doing pottery painting, which at the time I hadn't even done. I'd never <laughs> done pottery painting. <laughs> And you just thought, hey, I'm just going to get into pottery painting. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things. It was an idea that just wouldn't go away about starting a business in pottery painting. So I just Googled kilns because I thought if I started that business, that's what I would need, a kiln. And so, Definitely. Uh, and through that, I found I came across who's now my supplier. They run a um, weekend course for people wanting to start their pottery painting business. So I was like to my husband at the time, I was like, right, you know, let's go and spend a weekend here. Worst thing that can happen is it's a weekend, you know, just the two of us away, you know, whilst Francesca's being looked after by my parents. And he was like, right, okay. <laughs> I think I'll do that. Sure. Um, and and uh, we finished that weekend and the next day we started the pottery painting business. And so it was, a, it, so that was almost like 48 hours later? Yeah, we had decided on the name of the business. We had, Andrew had already researched where he was going to go in terms of we were going to go to the garden centre to start the business two or three days a week. And my father, I remember him when we picked Francesca up, just literally looking across the table and saying, but you can't do this. We're not a family of entrepreneurs. It's just not possible. So that was, so yeah, so it was a complete change from, from um, P&G but what I would say is the reason that I fell in love with it so much is because of the we spent two days from eight in the morning till kind of six at night in one room not really getting out much because you were just focused on being taught pottery painting techniques and also being talked at the whole time about how to start a business and I couldn't believe how energized I felt as a result of it rather than feeling exhausted which I normally would do with if I'd been in a all day meeting at Procter and Gamble, I felt completely refreshed and you know ready. At the end of the day, Andrew and I were then sitting and discussing and planning our business for another two or three hours. I'd never felt that kind of energy coming from such a what I would normally expect to be a, lo- a long and draining 
experience. So I was very definite that at, at that point, that at some point on my journey, I was going to bring pottery painting back into corporate, which is now where I am at with Vibrant Thinking, my second business. Basically, we empower teams and transform the workplace. And part of how we do that is through the use of pottery painting in our workshops to get you to a completely different thinking space. Which I absolutely love because typically team building efforts look something like a weekend away or sometimes it's something outside of the office or sometimes it's... mm, it can look like something very bland and dry around the corporate boardroom table. And what you've found is is something completely different. And it's so unique u- utilizing pottery painting in order to transform the workplace. So can you just tell me a little bit about how that works? So the thing about pottery painting is that it's not something that most people have a great deal of experience on so everybody feels a little bit nervous about it and unsure and they probably also think of like well it's for children so I'm not quite kind of quite sure what to expect here so it kind of puts everybody on a on a level playing field whatever their seniority is and but the great thing is that you know I show people very simple techniques that means that they're going to get great results first time and the way that I set it up with the teams that I work with is we'll normally be focusing on a particular challenge that the team is facing so the very first exercise will be to create a visual that represents how they see that challenge for example so you get you get kind of people automatically thinking laterally and then starting to find the stencils that they want and once they've just got into it they are immediately away from work. They've immediately got into a completely different mindset. And it's amazing to see because they come in stressed, thinking this is the last thing I want to do because actually I've got a million things that I need to do at the desk. But as soon as they start painting, they're in a completely different mindset, which then helps them think creatively and to be able to come up with some very different solutions to ones that they previously come up with and I should also at this type point say although initially when I started the business I was doing it in the office I now do do it virtually so the kits get sent to individuals and then we do it via a, a zoom meeting which is it's very funny for me watching it how similar <laughs> it is whether you're on zoom or in a room together actually the interactions are exactly the same which is quite unusual to have that that very same connection, whether it's virtual or um, in person. And after they've done the initial exercise, we will go through kind of a more structured workshop to come up with the solutions and we'll agree action steps and we'll agree who owns the action steps. And then people will create something that represents what they have committed to doing. So they will then end up with something to remind them of their, of what they have what they need to do and of a fun day, hopefully, or a fun session. Yeah, I really love my mug. As you know, you know, we did a team building exercise, I think a year ago or so. And I had the opportunity to do some team building and some problem solving, utilizing my very non-Picasso-ish skills. (laughs) (laughs) And I painted a coffee mug and I am reminded of that session all the time because I drink my tea out of that mug every single day at home. And it's a favorite mug in our home. So, yes, 
but I, I gather you, you also use it for knife. You know, what's so funny is going, you know, everybody learned all like so many things in 2020. And I was just, I don't know, I was probably scrolling like YouTube or something. And I found that you could actually use a bottom of a porcelain cup and you can use it to sharpen your knife. So I was like, you know what? Let me try it with that uh, mug from Vibrant Thinking. and <laughs> Let me see if it'll work. And it did. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, it's great. Well, awesome. Okay. So thank you, Lorna, for giving my listeners a bit of a background on your career at P&G and how you first got into your entrepreneurial journeys and how and now where you're at with Vibrant Thinking. And so you know that on the Allergic to Small Talk podcast, we are focusing on all things networking. And I thought it would be really great if we could take a look at the networking space as it sits within the four walls of a business. And I think that throughout both of our careers, coming from a corporate background, then going into working for ourselves and having our own respective businesses, I think that networking has always been kind of a common thread that's followed us through whether it was our career and as well as being business owners now. And I think there's often myths that surround networking, if you will. And I think that you are going to help us bust through three common myths that surround networking as a team. So can you get into myth number one? I certainly can. So I think the the first myth really for me is is that networking is just for the individual. I think when you say networking to somebody, uh, they will typically think of somebody trying to further their career internally, somebody trying to get business. They might be a sales member of a sales team. They might be solicitor or an accountant trying to get business and going networking. It's a business owner who's just started their business, but it's very much the individual that you think of and actually I think that networking can be absolutely a and should be a team sport in that everybody in the organization can has their strengths with networking and I think I want to be very clear here that um, again people when people think of networking they they kind of think of somebody that's extrovert happy to walk into that room and just like that you don't know anybody and just go and chat to them and that therefore only certain people are good at networking and I, and I actually think that, that networking is so much more than that so you have you have first of all you have different types of networking so you've got that very informal walk into a room go and grab a coffee go and chat to somebody which for some people they love it and others they hate you also got <laughs> these more structured ones where you might have a bit of chat at the beginning but then you go into some kind of you know you might be sitting down and and having having a chat around a table facilitated by somebody or you might have those ones that where you stand up for 60 seconds and talk about your business which again you know some people absolutely love those so again i prefer the structured ones as an introvert i find it interesting that i would prefer to stand up and talk for my business for 46 <laughs> seconds than to chat with somebody over coffee. But I much prefer that, that I feel safer in that environment. And that might be to do with it's more similar to corporate. I don't know. But the point is there are lots of different kinds of network. I mean, there's also the kind of networking events that's even much more social. So, you know, not, you know, 
even more relaxed and again, more appealing to some people than others. I think the first thing as a team is thinking about what are you trying to get out of networking? So if you're a smallish business, it's not just about sales. It's also about kind of being able to keep on top of the news, kind of finger on the pulse type thing. Right. Yeah. So as a team, be clear on your objectives and you can change them at different times. So it might be for a a quarter, a, a year or whatever, it might be really, really focused on generating leads. And that's fine. Another, you know, it's a different time. It actually might be more about that you're needing to recruit people. So you're wanting to to find out who's out there, what kind of, who has what kind of experience. You know, networking is a great opportunity to, to do that. Into, if you're working in a big corporate, there are opportunities to network. I say this as somebody that I look back on my career and I think, gosh, we we really didn't as a team make the most of what we could have done. And um, we were a brilliant team doing great things, but we didn't network enough to get it visible to other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, one example of this that sticks in my mind is when I remember sitting in a kind of a global media, media managers meeting and having somebody present from Italy about this amazing new way of working together as a team with the brand teams. And me sitting there thinking, huh, this isn't new. We've been doing it for two years. <laughs> and and the only difference was that the person who was doing it in Italy had taken it and, and got visibility higher up to the right people who then was like, this is this should be deployed globally. And they got all of the credit for it. And I'm st- as you can tell, I'm still... <laughs> still a little peeved about that one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> gets me. Um, but the point... But it was, it was, we always felt like good work would be recognized anyway. And that just isn't the case. If you, as, an, as a team in a corporate environment, you should be using the individual members of the team and the people that they naturally meet with as part of their business, because they will meet with different people, to make sure that the great work you're doing is shared and recognized. And it's good for the company because that means if it's a good new way of working, it can be redeployed quicker. And it's good for for you as individuals. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the things that often gets missed in an environment, whether it's corporate or whether it's in a small entrepreneurial business, is sometimes that aspect around networking as a team isn't highlighted and there really isn't any clear direction on how that team can actually work together to get that visibility. And as you mentioned, it's so important for those things to happen, to drive the team forward, because you do lose out on opportunities like the visibility on projects that you may be working on, right? Absolutely. So it's about looking at where people are most comfortable and confident in and what times of days they can do, what kind of personal networks they have as well. And, and looking at that and kind of dividing and conquering rather than letting everybody go and do their own thing. It's like actually having a plan in place that says, this is what we're going to achieve with networking. This is how we're going to do it. These are who is going to be doing what and whose responsibility. And then you're all working as a cohesive team and not almost, sometimes you can get at odds with each other Sometimes I go to networking and it's like, I think, gosh, I met, you know, you're all from the same company of somebody I met 
<laughs> the other day and you seem to be almost definitely competing against each other, <laughs> which isn't necessarily good for the company. Yeah, I think you made a really good point with either leaders, owners, managers to understand their team's strengths. And a quiz I just created actually is called, what is your networking animal type? So through this quiz, companies, teams, individuals can figure out what their networking type is. And there's four types that I I believe exist on a team. And that is a shark, a penguin, a bee, or the lone wolf. Now, you know, a, a shark can can be the person's a little bit more aggressive. You know, they're out to kind of meet and greet. They're they're out to get that next sale, right? They're a little bit. They're more of a natural predator. Then we move on to the penguin, and now the penguin is a type of person where they will most likely be. If you see them at an event, they will most likely be with the same person that entire event. And if you put if you if they go to another event they most likely will stay with the same person again for that next event. Kind of like a penguin who chooses the same mate for their entire life. That's that's similar to a, a penguin type networker. The third type of networker is the bee. And the bee is a type of person where they will go from uh, group to group and they will contribute something to each group and then they will go back home or back to their job and they will figure out how they can create natural connections through the people that they were out meeting as well as the people that they already have in their existing network. And then the fourth type of networker is the lone wolf. And this is a person that maybe ends up at networking events simply because their partner invited them. It's a family gathering and they just can't really avoid the events. But hey, listen, everybody at some point ends up in that group setting, whether it's for work or whether it's for personal. And so to me, there's these four types of networkers. And if anybody listening is curious on what type of networker you are, you can check out my quiz. It'll be linked in the show notes. However, what I like to say for B-type networkers is to hook up with a penguin-type networker because bees are naturally more comfortable being in those social settings and they can act as their the wing person for a penguin type networker, right? And they are able to divide and conquer whatever the task is at hand. And I think something like that is particularly valuable for team settings. Absolutely. I really am fascinated by the quiz and would love to see it. I'm going to guess that I'm a penguin. (laughs) (laughs) And that you're a bee. (laughs) Maybe. I'm not sure. I guess we're both going to have to take the quiz to find out. (laughs) It was really great, like breaking down the myth that networking is simply for the individual. We clearly know that networking can be divided and conquered amongst a team. Now, I really want to talk about myth number two, which is networking is only relevant to sales teams. And this one is so important because my audience typically has a solo conversation in their head that says things such as, People at networking events are only in it for themselves or that person is really aggressive. So those types of solo conversations are typically what will dominate my audience from taking action. So the the myth number two is really important. And I really would love for you to dive into this and really break this down because networking isn't only relevant to sales team. So can you just share a little bit about this and how you work around this? 
Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely, as you say, kind of everyone has an immediate perception of like, it's just about sales. It's just about somebody coming in, wanting me, wanting business off me. But I think that there are so many other benefits to networking. And so they include things like, which I kind of touched on earlier, of having a finger on the pulse of what is happening, whether or not that's in terms of in your region, uh, in terms of uh, new innovation, challenges that people are facing, businesses are facing. It's understanding what people, what other businesses um, are struggling with, what kind of solutions they've tried, what tech might be coming on the market or people are having issues with, whatever it may be. But it's really critical to be having that finger on the pulse rather than being very insular in your business. And I think that that doesn't matter whether or not you're a small business or a huge corporate that is so important and networking is the most fantastic way of achieving that yeah I think Um, that it almost sounds like networking not in the sales sense can definitely be looked at more in like the information gathering type type way more so than just going out to sell 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 yeah and and that has you know that has huge positive impacts on your business because you can get solutions quicker you can get through challenges quicker you can find partnerships to work with to overcome challenges so it's not just about bringing the money in it's also about being more efficient as a business so it's it's looking at business both sides of the business in terms of money out money in and i think the other thing connected with that is learning new ways of doing things because i think when you are again very insular in a business or if you just stay insular and I know that particularly working at Procter and Gamble we were incredibly tunnel visioned on in this sense (laughs) there's one way of doing it (laughs) it's always worked and we're not going to change it so you know when the internet came along I remember my boss saying this is just a fad it will not survive beyond a couple of years oh my Um, goodness (laughs) And therefore, we will not invest in looking at internet and and advertising online or any of those kind of things because you don't need it. We won't need it because we know how to do things and we know how to do television and that's what we're going to stick with. But if you're, again, out and about having just casual conversation, people can sort of say, oh, this is how we do X, Y and Z. I mean, it's not confidential. It's just in the, it just comes up in conversation about how, you know, with general work things. And you suddenly think, I've never thought of doing that. It can spark ideas that help you and your team back in the office. Excellent. Yeah, I agree. So networking definitely isn't only relevant to the sales sector. You can use it to gather information or keep your finger on the pulse, as you say. Definitely great for recruitment, especially if somebody is out in the job market. And it it definitely is a way of learning new ways of how to get things done versus staying within the four walls of a business. 100% agree. All right, Lorna. So let's head into myth number three. All of the team must network equally for it to be fair. Yeah, so I think this may be a bit controversial, I don't know, that the belief that networking is only done in the room, that that is the sole 
that, that you go into the room, you spend your time there and you leave and that's networking done and that everybody has to do the same amount of that in order for it to be fair. And it's really just to point out that there is so much more to networking than that. And I think, you know, in your guide that you have available, you highlight a lot of these in the sense of how much preparation it should take. And in terms of who is it that you actually want to talk to, you're not wasting your time. That kind of work, which is more detailed work, isn't necessarily the kind of work that somebody who's a natural networker will right. want to do. Right. So this is where you can pair again, pair people up within your team of you know somebody who's actually going out networking and somebody else who really, really can't bear the thought of it is the one doing the research for that person. So making the best of the skills, basically, and not only doing the prep beforehand, but then also the follow up and creating a system to maintain contacts and capturing the conversations that have been had, if we're talking about leads or the learnings or whatever it may be, so that it's not you don't just see networking, as I say, as the actual event, but the whole process that goes around it and the fact that each of the, the members of the team could be contributing to different parts of that, which means that they are essentially all playing their part, but not necessarily at the network event itself. Fantastic. I think that's so important to note because networking doesn't necessarily have to be the act of that conversation with a decision maker, right? There is so much prep work, as you say, right, that goes into networking. And the guide that Lorna is speaking about is called my five-minute networking exercises, which I will also link to my link in the show notes. But what I note in there is that one of the most important things to do before you even network is to prep. And and the prep work can look something like maybe you're trying to meet a, a director of a specific company, but you need to figure out who that person is, what type of networks or affiliations that they may have and where you can actually find them to have a conversation with them. So there's a lot of work that goes in before that initial conversation, which Lorna, you touched on, somebody else can actually take on that research. So the person that may be a bit stronger in the area of communicating and doing that talking right? The talking portion of the the networking equation, of, if you will, you know, everybody's doing a, their part and playing to their strengths. So I think that's a really great point to make. And I, I think I'd also add as well, it also could be that, again, the person that's in the room networking may not be the strongest person to follow up and build a relationship. So that there might be somebody else that they, you know, there's almost three people in this that's doing in the process of doing the groundwork first and the research and the networking itself, kind of the same, the first person capturing everything from that networking event, but then handing on to somebody else that then follows up and builds the relationship because that's what their strength is, is the building the relationship on over a long term. So it's just, it goes back to this thing of all teams you get so much more out of them if you are playing to the individual's strength rather than expecting everybody to do the same amount or kind of work. Yeah, excellent. I agree. Thank you, Lorna. That was awesome. Well, fantastic. I really enjoyed you busting through all three myths. And I definitely agree that myth number one, networking is not just for the individual. It can definitely be a team sport. Number two, Networking is not only relevant 
to sales teams. It could be used as a mode for gathering information. It could be used to learn new things, as well as helping people that may be in, in the job sector, right? And myth number three, all of the team must network equally for it to be fair. And that's absolutely not true because we know that we can actually break down the networking process and kick that off to certain team members based on their strengths. Thank you, Lorna. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your three myths that exist around networking as a team. Before we go, Lorna, I would just like for you to tell my audience, where can they find you? And what are you up to currently? Any projects or anything that you're working on at the moment? So first, thank you very much for inviting me on this. It's been um, great to have talked through all of this. So you can find um, me, my website's on www.vibrant-thinking.com. And I'm also on various social media. So at the moment, my focus is on helping teams who feel that they are being overwhelmed by Zoom meetings and just constantly drained at the end of the day and actually realising that they haven't even started their work because they've just been on back-to-back Zoom meetings. So if anybody would be interested in finding out a bit more about that, I will again share the link for that with Rochelle. Fantastic, Lorna. Thank you again so much. And I know I will be speaking to you very soon. Thanks for coming on the show. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I love this conversation around networking as a team, and I absolutely adore how Lorna broke down how each team could approach a common goal by dividing and conquering based on each team member's strengths. So I'd love to hear from you. Which myth did you like best? And did it give you a different perspective on networking? Jump on Instagram, jump on Facebook, and tell me which one you liked best. You can find me at Let's Cut Class or on my free Facebook group called Allergic to Small Talk. All right, I'll be looking to hear from you online and I'll see you same time next week. See ya.